Back to the Future Show here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Before the break, we were talking top stories, moving markets, crude oil, the spike we've seen there. And I want to get into the ripple effect uh, with Michael Zaremski. He's the director of futures at Charles Schwab. He's joining us this morning to break down crude oil up and through 100, what it means for economies, companies, and us as consumers. Michael, happy Tuesday. Uh, in recent cycles, when oil gained 100% in one year or more, uh, in a one-year period, I should say, 100% or more, including 2008, uh, a recession occurred, basically. Our guests have been telling us that uh, ultimately crude oil prices to the upside uh, could spark one. Good morning, Ben, and that's absolutely right. In the past, there, especially when we've seen the economy start to you know, kind of ramp down even before we've seen these oil price shocks as well, too. Yeah, this is kind of like the catalyst there. It could actually put it over the edge there and push us into a recession here. So right now, it's definitely too early to say that's going to happen again uh, this year. Obviously, the economy right now is still looking pretty good. I mean, look at the jobless jobs numbers we've had recently as well, too. Employment is still expanding. We're coming out of that whole, you know, lockdowns we've been in for almost two years now, and the economy is you know, really ready to ramp up here as well, too. But now we got these headwinds coming in here with rising commodity prices across the globe. We have rising energy prices here. So it's really got me a balancing act here to see how we, we perform here as well, too. And I think the key here, Ben, that I'm looking at here is how long do we see these mm -hmm. spikes up in commodities mm -hmm. last? If this is a short-term thing, Okay, we could probably you know ride through it as well too. But if this becomes endemic and we see this for months or even longer as well too, yes, it is going to weigh on the economy there. And then we really have to kind of reprice you know how are we going to recover here after two years of you know really just reduced economic growth. Yeah, I think that's a good point here in terms of the duration of this spike, the uh, disruption ultimately. How long will it be? And that's a factor to be considered, but unfortunately, that's a situation where we kind of have to wait and see. That's sort of up to President Putin at this point, it seems like. You know, in, in terms of the spike, I mentioned as far as 100% gain in a one-year period, including 2008, uh, recessions occurred um, every time. I want to point out that uh, Bespoke actually commented on Friday. They said that uh, crude up over 20% within a week. They pointed out how one of five periods uh, with crude rallying more than 20% in a week and noted three of the prior four periods where that happened, uh, we saw recession. So again, it just sort of speaks to the point here, Michael. We heard from Shell this morning, lawmakers, this uh, real sort of uh, reluctance to uh, have anything to do with Russian oil, it seems like. It's kind of taking over right now, and ultimately that's going to put uh, countries and economies, as you mentioned, if this continues for a prolonged period of time, in a bit of a pinch. Absolutely right. I mean, for the U.S., though, I mean, we tend to import roughly 670,000 barrels a day of Russian energy products here. So, you know, an overall scope there, it is a small amount, but it's really Europe and Asia there that are really dependent on the Russian energy supplies as well, too. And right now we have seen a little bit of a pushback there from some European officials there as well, too, because they really are so dependent on Russian energy supplies mm -hmm. here. So it's really a, a juggling act as well, too. And as we know, we have not seen the European economy recover as briskly as we've seen here in the U.S. here. So these rising prices there as well, too, and if they start to, you know, ban their imports of Russian energies, I mean, they really could have the fear of pushing their economies into a recession here as well. Plus, even though he said it seems like it's the thing now for economies, countries, even businesses there to want nothing to do with, you know, the Russian economy as well, too. 
let's face it here there are some countries there that will continue to buy russian energies mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. at a discount of prices here as well too so those barrels are going to go somewhere there might not be as easy and russia may not gain as much you know dollars or from it you know that it's not going to really you know it's really constrained they're not going to be out of the market as well too so you got to take that into a factor as well just more of the cases where do we get the additional supplies from and right now there's no good answer for that yeah, you know, uh, I've been asking our guests if it's time now to change the Biden administration's policies and sort of uh, promote some exploration, uh, tapping some of those dr uh, wells that have been drilled ultimately and start to increase production. Now, I am seeing headlines come across the wire that the U.S. is set to ban Russian imports, Russian oil imports this week, possibly as soon as today, Bloomberg's reporting. And that's what we were talking about at the top of the show here. Now, not a lot of reaction to we're still holding below 125 in the WTI holding below 129 in the Brent. Yesterday's spike highs, I should say, the overnight spike highs, uh, 130.50 in the WTI, 137 in the Brent. Now, you know, what it makes me think of, Michael, is the circumstances and uh, not the best timing for all of this to come into play. I mean, we've got a situation where we're starting to see, uh, well, consumers kind of reemerge ultimately. Gasoline prices at higher levels now amidst that, but ultimately keep, people are starting to commute, return back to work as normal. I guess, you know, when you talk about uh, office occupancy, which is currently 35 to 37 percent, there's still some upside for that. But again, I guess I'm wondering if people looking at prices at the pump ultimately, does that sort of influence their decision to stay at home a little bit longer? Uh, uh, to work from home ultimately, and then again, the impact that we talk about how that uh, keeps the economy or lit on the economy as uh, we're not seeing that kind of reemergence trade to the extent we'd like to. Certainly could be a factor that, that absolutely. I mean, I just heard from AAA here that we've hit the average uh, retail price for gasoline across the nation here at an all time high at $4.17. And there's a lot of areas, especially on the West Coast, that are into the $5 or more as well, too. So, yes, that is definitely going to start to pinch the consumer there, especially like you said, as more people are getting back to the office, mm -hmm. there's more commuting now, more fuel usage as well. As well. That's something we haven't had in the last two years as well, too. So, yes, that's definitely going to start to influence you know, how the consumer there is going to spend. So what I think we really got to look forward here, Ben, is to start to see some of the, the evidence there that these rising prices there will really start to affect the consumer's pocketbook. So we got to start looking at some of the data there on retail sales. We got to look at the consumer sentiment as well, too, because like I said, consumer is in a dour mood. They may start to, you know, hold back there and not spend as much. Got to start listening to the uh, company CEOs with their, expectations there as well too if they start to see sales start to decrease they're seeing the consumer being pinched as well too that's going to weigh on the market as well too and also jobless claims right now the mm -hmm. jobless claims have really kind of stabilized about the you know 210 to 220 per week we start to see a uh, spike some of that as uh, some companies have to start laying off workers due to these higher expenses as well or slowing demand there you know that's all going to kind of play into it as well too so right now it's still early to say like i said and really the thing depends on is this spikes here endemic or is it very transitory? Kind of like we we're talking about inflation there as well, too, with the Fed. If it's really transitory, we start to see prices get down here, then, you know, the ripple effects may not be long lasting. But we really, I don't think, hit that price yet, Ben, where you really start to see that big decrease in consumer demand. I think we need to see a, probably a spike above that 150 all time highest here as well and stay at those levels, $5 plus 
gasoline here in the U.S. there before you really start to see those shocks kind of get into the consumer and business there's there when you really start to see that demand destruction really take place. Yeah, it seems like we're willing to stomach it at this point, but if further increases really could put the pressure on and the pinch. Ultimately, I was hearing from an Uber driver recently talking about uh, how the gas prices have impacted his bottom line, and he drives a Prius, so in theory, probably least impacted of all. And uh, ultimately, again, prices the pump, gas prices uh, uh, have been climbing, but so has usage here in the U.S., near 8.7 million barrels, and uh, quickly trending higher to the upside with this reemergence trade. Michael, you mentioned the consumer. We're just looking at the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index. I guess if uh, some of those worst-case scenarios you were just talking about are actually starting to come into play, that number came in well below expectations and well below prior. Exactly right. Yeah, we're starting you know, seeing, you know, like I said, you guys see these little incidences yeah. here, you know, kind of maybe portraying the trend here. That's why I'm going to look at the uh, University of Michigan's Consumer Confidence mm -hmm. number out Friday. on Friday as yeah. well, too, and see how that does as well too because that has also been trending lower the past few months as well too so it's really just you know kind of snowball there as well too but yeah I, it's it's a very difficult situation and then we got the fed here who's going to and be into a little bit of a tightening cycle as well too adding you know further pressure you know, on the situation here so you know in a perfect world here the fed i think would have been you know been very happy there to be more accommodative as well too but rising inflation prices they, they got to get some ammunition there so if we do see the economy roll over really start to see slower growth or even even recessionary pressures there as well too they have some ammunition there to you know bring back a little bit more stimulus here so I, you know, like i said it's a very difficult job here so yeah, I'd be very interesting to hear the commentary after next week's mm -hmm. FOMC meeting here to see what Chairman Powell and the members of the Fed and how they plan to, you know, go about tightening conditions here in a situations that are, you know, a lot out of their control here with the situation between Russia and Ukraine and, you know, really unprecedented slowing inflation right now. Michael, a really good reminder there. It's not just the consumer. It's ultimately not just these companies that are being forced to deal with these rising energy prices. You've got the FOMC as well, the Fed. It'll be interesting to see how they navigate these murky waters. Let's provide some takeaways for our viewers here. Again, anytime you see prices at the uh, pump on the rise, the way they have been, it affects the uh, inflation discussion. It's uh, pulling at the strings of our pocketbooks in many ways. You've got uh, Brent overnight yesterday to 137. You've got the WTI up to $130.50. And as we're hearing this morning, it sounds like U.S. Uh, embargo on Russian oil is looking like it'll become a reality. Ultimately, people talk about how there could be some more upside potential for some of this price activity uh, if things escalate and this would be the first step in order to do so it seems like definitely does and i think like i said the situation we've seen here with this rising uh volatility across these asset markets here as well too and right now it doesn't seem like that's slowing down yeah. any bit as well too and at some point you were throwing that chart of the vix as well too and it's how it's kind of been trending upward here the past uh several months here as well to making a higher lows and higher highs but really haven't seen that really blowout spike here yeah. though recently as well too it's been almost an orderly rise here as well too and it may take some of the situation where we get that kind of blowout spike number like we see back on earlier on your chart there as well too mm -hmm. to kind of maybe mm -hmm. put a you know a near-term top in this market and we start to ratchet back down as well too but yeah right now everything is elevated here so for those who are trading and investing in these markets i think it's very important now watch your position size watch your risk 
And sometimes, as Carly said as well, too, sometimes the best trades are no trades at all. And if those situations where the risk reward is just really outsized uh, for your, your comfort level, sometimes it's best to just stay out of the market. Scary thought there in some ways when you think about it in terms of, uh, well, we haven't really seen a major volatile spike yet in markets, haven't seen that capitulation uh, situation play out here. So in theory, that means that we could continue to see this uh, increased volatility, wide range intraday price swings until that occurs ultimately. That tends to be the washout type uh, uh, event. And as you pointed out, Michael, it doesn't really seem to have happened yet. This is a very orderly rally in terms of the VIX and uh, for that matter, orderly sell-off in the indices. Michael Zaremski, a great breakdown, a good look at crude oil futures, the ripple effect it has on economic conditions here on us in the U.S., globally for that matter, consumers and companies. Michael Zaremski, again, the director of futures at Charles Schwab. Always a pleasure.